solution, real talk. Living right, the execution, real walk. And stay cool, stay cool, cause it's hot outside. And get your body out line and chalk. I left the institution, real talk. Living right, the execution, real walk. And stay cool, stay cool, cause it's hot outside. And get your body out line and chalk. Welcome, welcome, everybody. Welcome back. This is Amadi and Ragu in the House to House podcast. Back at it again. Um, we're just continuing the dialogue and continuing the conversation um, centered in and around the kingdom of God. And as our that's our model here that we reflect our father's kingdom one house at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, we thank you for tuning in again. Um, we do appreciate all of the emails and messages and even phone calls that uh, people are sending out, and we even we are really digging the uh, Facebook group response. That's a yeah, that really was a very intriguing question. Yeah, definitely. We thank you know we thank uh, everybody for the questions, and we love the responses. Keep them coming, um, and you know if you have some friends or family members who are you know who have questions like that and who are interested in you know further discussing these things please invite them to the facebook group if if they're on social media please uh uh but you know please do keep them coming um we love the uh questions about culture and the things that pertain to the kingdom the the culture of the kingdom mm-hmm. um so please keep those things coming yeah we definitely need the engagement because you know really don't know where people may be in their walk. And this is a prime opportunity to ask the questions that may be on your heart that are burning. Yeah. We don't want to make the assumption that anybody is anywhere and that, and listen, we never want to give the impression that we are somewhere that we are not, you know, the Bible says, do not think more highly of yourselves than you ought to. And so we don't, you know, we're, we're, we're not going to sit here and, you know, pretend to, uh, be, you know, do that. So, we welcome any questions, any comments. We do welcome those things. So we thank you. So we're just going to continue the conversation um, today um, as it pertains to the kingdom. So we, you know, the first couple episodes. Oh, and I do just want to say we do have a big announcement for next week. I'm going to save it for next week. So that's a little teaser for you because we're professionals. <laughs> but we will have a big announcement um, next week. But I'm going to save that for next week. So we, but we do just want to continue the conversation as it pertains to the kingdom of God. So we started this thing, you know, talking about culture and why it's so important to change our culture, right? Mm-hmm. Why it's so important. You know, one of the things that the, the the Bible says is that we have been translated from a kingdom of darkness to a kingdom of light. And mm-hmm. With those, you know, with each of those kingdoms, there's obviously a culture. And so with that comes the the subsequent culture of that particular kingdom. Right. And so now as citizens of the kingdom of light, we, you know, walk with a particular culture of that kingdom. Yep. And you have specific guidelines or rules in which you live in. Just like in a natural kingdom, there is a way to be a citizen. Yeah. And so one of the things that we ended up you know, to to um towards the end of last episode was um one of the things that happens when you do translate, when you do change that culture, right? When you do embrace the culture change, I should say, is it changes the way in which you see yourself, um, and ultimately the the way in which you'll see God Himself, right? And so we we ended, we made a statement at the end there. We said that we both love God and we serve Him. 
but we are not merely servants of God. Mm-hmm. We're sons of God. And so that that one statement is a major, major way in which the way in which I see myself changes when I embrace the culture of his kingdom. I no longer see myself as someone just trying to get by, just, you know, ooh, oh, thank goodness. Just a sinner saved by grace. Yeah, just a sinner saved by grace. Ooh, thank God. And now that's part of you, but that's not the entirety of who you are. Think of it like this. You graduated elementary school. What if I only referred to you as someone who graduated from <laughs> elementary school? You know, as someone mm-hmm. who's in their 20s or 30s or 40s, ah, there's the elementary school graduate. You'd be like, why in the world do you still refer to me as an elementary school graduate? Mm-hmm. Yes, that is a part of what makes me me, but that is not the totality of who I am. It's almost like, you know, and, and, and I think we do this same thing with God. When we um, limit him to like one thing that he's done or one thing that he said and we just leave it there, mm-hmm. we limit the, the totality of, of who he is. Um, as grand and as large as he is, he's not just like a provider. So All people right. that just always want to say God is going to provide, he's Jehovah Jireh, this, this, that, and the third. Yes, he will do that, but he's so much bigger. And so I think you know one of the things that we notice or that we will see is that we, as his children, we're more than just servants. We're we're more than just beggars and right. you know little little nothings to be kicked around. We are mm-hmm. the apple of his eye. Right, and so I think that's a good segue to you know what happens. What's the what's the process that transpires is of um, when we become a believer, and now you're 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 translated into this kingdom of light and what's the next step kind of kind of deal so i think what we now can you know go ahead and introduce is you know being a son of god or sonship if you will and to me sonship is just being a representation of the lord and that happens throughout the duration of your life you being a son does not go away if you will mm-hmm and it's for it to be one of the you know, like premier foundational aspects of our faith. It's one of the most difficult things, I think, for believers to see and embrace. I'm, I'm not say see, but definitely embrace. Mm-hmm. You know, we can see and embrace the fact that we're servants. We can see the fact and embrace that we're sinners saved by grace, mm-hmm. like you said earlier. But to take that big leap to see and embrace the the notion that we are sons of God. The Bible says that we are co-heirs with Christ, like we are joint heirs with him. There's even, I believe it's in Thessalonians where it says that when he returns, we will see him and we will be like him. Mm -hmm. So all of those things call into the matter that, hey, I've called you into a much more intimate, closer proximity to me god mm-hmm, is saying that mm-hmm. then where you see yourself and so that's why the the culture change is so important because you have to change the way in which you see yourself mm-hmm. right so i think you know one of the big tenets of sonship is the recognition that god had a plan for you right before the foundations of the world mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so when we talk about when we think about that we when we think about ourselves as, as only sinners saved by grace, it's like coming into a movie or coming into a story in the middle. Imagine coming into 
spoiler alert, imagine coming into Black Panther, right? But you mm-hmm. are, but you come into the point where the guy, Killmonger, has already come into Wakanda and taken over. You'd be like, whoa, what, what the heck? And so your whole point, right, your, your whole of frame reference. of reference would be T'Challa trying to redeem Wakanda. But you miss all the things that, pre, that predate that aspect of the movie. And I think that's what we do if we just come in at Sinners Saved by Grace. Am I a sinner saved by grace? Yes. Was I a sinner? Did God's mercy and grace extend toward me mm-hmm. to redeem me? Yes. But there's some things that took place before that. And I think that when we embrace our sonship, we we sort of call back to those previous things, those mm-hmm. ancient things, right? right? Exactly. God had a plan for me before the world was created. Absolutely. And so I think first I'll go ahead and I'm going to go ahead and introduce where I see sonship in Galatians three, twenty-six. So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, nor is there male nor female. You are all one in Jesus Christ or Christ Jesus. Excuse me. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed. And heirs according to the promise. And depending on the translation that you read, I'm reading it through NIV, that word uh, children, you know, that can be, that translates to, to son, um, you know. And we're not going to get into semantics, but that also, it is a reflection. I believe it's the word weos, if you look it up in the, uh, the Greek and you'll see that that word weos means a mature son. And when we're talking about maturity, we're talking about an accurate representation, fully embodying. Um, and I don't want to go tangent and go down that line. And then just back to a point that you made, uh, Amadi, was about the, the ancient things, the things that were done from the foundation of the world, if you will. And the fact that, you know, Christ died before the foundation of the earth. Right. And so we were already redeemed in essence. You know, that wasn't the finality, but that was just the beginning. No, that's that's definitely a very pertinent point to to pull out. If you read um Luke, the Gospel of Luke chapter 3, it it runs down the lineage of Jesus, you know, in reverse. You know, the son of this guy, the son of that guy. That's one of them chapters we love. We, we like to skip those chapters. Hard name one, yeah, hard name exactly. two. Exactly. <laughs> Hebrew name one, I don't know how to pronounce. Hebrew name two, I don't know how to pronounce. But ultimately, if you keep going down around verse 36, 37. Mm-hmm. 38. Oh, 38. You'll get to Adam. And then it says, Adam was the son of God. And so when you read that, you realize what God's intent was. So getting back to this foundation of the world piece, we have to go back to the beginning. Remember, we talked about not coming into a story or a movie or whatever in the middle. And so when we go back to the beginning, we see, oh, okay. So when God made Adam, he was actually creating a son. He wasn't just creating a robot or a worker or a servant, mm-hmm. right? He was creating a son. So when Adam tells, I mean, when God tells Adam right now, look back at the story, the way that we understand it, yeah, yeah, it changes. Mm-hmm. So when God tells Adam, tend the garden, he's not hiring a gardener, no. right? He has a son 
who he says, son, I've given you this garden. Tend to it the way I would tend to it, right? right? Mm-hmm. He Think about these things now from the perspective of a parent talking to their child, not the man up in the sky yelling down commands mm-hmm. at a servant. I, I, I love to look at it like this, the, the, this example of a sonship. If I was a wealthy man, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't just mean riches in Christ. You know, we like, I'm wealthy in Christ. I'm talking about earthly riches, and this is not to you know esteem earthly riches. Just making a point here mm-hmm. that if you know if I'm Bill Gates, if I'm one of these really you know uh, Bezos from Amazon, and I have a chauffeur, and I have a chef, and I have a maid, and I have just a butler, just all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Those mm-hmm. people that I have, I only identify them by what they do. Right. Right. So when my butler comes to clean my home or do whatever and my maid comes to take care of the house and my chauffeur comes and drives me here or there, that's it. That's the extent of our interaction. Yep. So my chef, you come and cook me meals and then that's it. I only know you as chef. Mm -hmm. But one of my children, whether you cook me a meal or not, whether you clean up or not. Whether you take care of the house or not, guess what? Your place is secure as my child. Mm-hmm. And that's what that's why I say that this is one of the hardest concepts for us to understand. Because what do we think? What is the institutional mindset got us to think? The first time we do something, God is ready to put us Rebuke in one of those, you, yeah, yeah. put in one of them hefty bags and throw us out in the trash. Yep. That's what we think. That's the level of condemnation that comes over us. It kind of like sweeps over us like a dark cloud because I don't, I don't know. I just think that it, it, it's hard for us to understand this concept. And so I wanted to kind of bring it home like a parent with a child. No, I think you bring up a very good point, though, Amadi, with a, a family dynamic. And let's let's bring into perspective the prodigal son. That is a prime example of a son who wanted their inheritance, squandered it, went through all kinds of hurt in the world mm-hmm. and came back and was accepted and loved on. When he returned and his position as son or as heir never changed. Immediately. And it was an immediate. It wasn't like, well, you just sit there for six weeks. I got to think about it. We don't. And this is, again, why it's so difficult, because if we're honest with ourselves, we do not see God as father. Yeah, that's a real difficult concept for us to understand that God, who is spirit, would be our father but the thing in in sonship i think reeling it together is god is the father of our spirit mm-hmm. you know the things that i read in, in uh, galatians we're talking about some natural things slave or free um male or female jew or greek these things are natural characteristics but the prime thing that we want to highlight is the fact that god is truly the father of our spirit So I just want to read another passage of scripture here. Um, It's in Ephesians chapter one, um, verse three um, to about verse six. He says, blessed is the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms in Christ. For he chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world that we may be holy and unblemished in his sight in love. He did this by predestining us to adoption as his sons through Jesus Christ, according 
unto the pleasure of his will to be the praise of the glory of his grace that he has freely bestowed upon us in his dearly loved son. So again, these are things that God thought about before we were in the equation. Mm -hmm. That's why it's so important to understand if I stole that candy bar from 7-Eleven, that doesn't take me out of the place of God. Now, does God want me to stop stealing candy bars? Yes, yes. he does. Mm -hmm. But stealing a Snickers bar you know, from 7-Eleven does not preclude me from my place as an heir and a son in God's house. But this is what the institutional mindset would have us to believe, that we have to kind of work our way back up. I got to climb back up. But as you just mentioned with the prodigal son, having, having come off the street pretty much, having squandered his inheritance, mm -hmm. completely disrespecting his father and his father's house mm -hmm. is immediately restored. Yep. The father wastes no time in restoring his son because what did he tell the other son who was who wanted his mm -hmm. brother to go through? <laughs> he says, hey, my son was dead. Now he's alive to me. That is a something to be celebrated. Yeah, mm -hmm. It's not something to lord over his head like, oh, you see this? And I think that we... It's easy for us to see ourselves as servants because it keeps us at arm's length from God. Yeah. Just in case this God There's starts to go separation. crazy. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I try to protect myself. You talked about this last week, the orphan mentality, right? Mm -hmm. Where I only want to rely upon myself. So if I'm a servant and I keep God at arm's length, just in case things go <laughs> sideways, I can bail and mm -hmm. get out of here. But if I fully give myself over to him, that requires some vulnerability. You're, yep, that, that vulnerability, I think you can almost call it love. Yeah. And that love is what, in the first place, um, you know, re he, he, he being the Lord reached out to us. And we, in return, are vulnerable and love him no matter what. And that, that truly is a relationship that is built upon, you know. And, uh, and Amadi, when you mentioned these, these dynamics of seeing the Lord as provider, as our protection, as everything that we could possibly do in the earth, that creates a trust. There is a, an innate trust that is built. I heard a, uh, uh, um, just an amazing illustration of this yesterday, the meeting I was telling you about. Mm -hmm. Um, another father from the Baltimore area, he explained it like this. He said, one day, he um, was watching his grandchildren and he was putting them in the car. He put one in, he put the other one in and he was looking for the third one. The third one, that kind of walked in there little kids that we don't mm -hmm. mean like, you know, 16 year olds. Right, right. We're talking little you. kids. I got you. And he said for an instant, his entire world, his entire focus was finding that child that had just kind of walked away from wow. him. Yeah, he said, and he said, I want to, he said, he was illustrating this example. He said, now parents in the room, what goes through your mind at the moment you look around and your child is not there? Mm -hmm. Your entire world, every ounce of your being, the focus is now finding that child. It's finding the lost sheep. Yeah. So when the Bible says things like that, he leaves the 99 to go after the mm -hmm. one, his entire focus. And so since we were lost in the garden, God's entire focus has been to redeem his lost son. Absolutely. To mm -hmm. find his lost family, to bring his children back into his house. And so we have to see ourselves in that. It's so hard 
for us to even integrate into these things because we don't see ourselves there. Yeah. yeah. We don't see ourselves in that particular picture or or in that story of a parent desperately looking to bring their children back into yep. the fold. That is, when I heard it, I was like, my goodness, that's exactly what I would do. Mm-hmm. And so then, so when the Bible talks about things like your earthly fathers would give you food, mm-hmm. what, who, what father would give you a stone if you ask a fish? Right. Your earthly fathers knew how to give love and mm-hmm. show love. Why would you not think your heavenly father would not do the same thing? And again, I think it goes back to this whole thing about seeing ourselves differently mm-hmm. by allowing the culture of his kingdom to begin to change our yep. viewpoint, Absolutely. change our paradigm. And and just to hint even more, you know, it's in Ephesians. Forgive me if I've, I don't know the, the scripture reference, but it's in Ephesians where he says, where Paul says, you know, there were works that we were supposed that were prepared in advance for us to do that were specifically designed for us to fulfill mm. you know that that is an eternal perspective and if we continue to think we are less than who we actually are which is sons which is co-heirs with christ we will never fulfill those things and we have to be one to pursue that yeah we were we were called to be his own before. It's almost like when you have a child, you know, when you have a child, right? You buy the crib and you buy the the onesies and all, all that stuff, things. pampers. You get all that before the kid shows up. The kid just shows up and it's there. Mm-hmm. I'm a crap in my pants and there's the pamper, right? Mm-hmm. The parent is the one who does the legwork, you know, ahead of time to prepare for the child. The child does not prepare for the parent. No. You know, so we have we have this entire thing flipped and I think it's because again we it it's ingrained in this culture. It's it ingrained is. in our culture to rely upon self. And so, you know, the the reason we even started this conversation in the manner in which we did is because you have to start at why do I think like that? Mhm. The reason I think like that is because I was raised up and brought up in a particular culture. Mm-hmm. And I have to realize God is not only calling me to be saved, he's calling me to be translated out of a particular cultural context into this one so that once I do so, I can now embrace things like my sonship mm-hmm. and, and walk in the fact that, man, God just doesn't want me to be a sinner saved by grace and you know dance and skip until I die and go to heaven. He actually mm-hmm. wants me to understand that I'm his child and, you know, he was thinking about me when he was creating the universe and, mm-hmm. you know, like on a very personal, intimate, you know, level. Yeah. And so staying within that dynamic that, you know, we're more than just sinners saved by grace and providing or fulfilling specific acts of faith, you know, in the context of of a, a church or just meeting in general, you know, it's not just about all the things I keep doing and keep doing and keep doing, you know, why would the Lord just need us as human beings and finite human beings to fulfill the things that the Lord, the creator of heavens and the heavens and the earth, you know, it's more than just that, you know, that we are to embody and to become mature and so we're we're going forward in a particular thing, but let's examine it backwards, right? Adam and Eve, they were in the garden, they were naked, unashamed, right? 
and they were with the Lord, with his presence, 24-7. I don't even know if they used hours back then. It was eternal. It's eternal. <laughs> yeah. Time did not yeah, begin. Exactly. 24 million by 7 million. I don't uh-huh. know what it was. And then they eat the fruit. And then what happens? They run and hide when they feel God's presence. Yep. Their way that they saw God changed mm-hmm. and the way they saw themselves changed. Completely changed. Yeah. So, you know, when we look at this fall, you have to look at it, you know, very deeply. It wasn't, you know, it was a spiritual thing, but it also was a natural part of it, too. Like, naturally, they saw everything different. They no longer saw themselves as spirits clothed in flesh, right? They only saw themselves as flesh. So they had to go make clothes, mm-hmm. rip some leaves down. And, I don't, you know, when, they, when you even think about that, who taught them to sew? God obviously did, you know. They <laughs> sewed fig leaves together. Yep. They had to learn how to sew. I mean, it's just, it's, it's amazing. But the same person who would have taught them how to sew, they are now running from in fear. Yep. So they, God comes in back into the garden. They, they feel his presence. We ran because we were afraid. And immediately God, no, what, who told you you were naked? Mm-hmm. What did you do? That lie done seeped right in. Yeah, it slipped right in. It's almost like, you know, like, I know I got kids, so when you have kids and they come and tell you something, uh, you hear like a bang, crash. <laughs> you say, hey, come here, guys. And they, you know they're already cooking up a story. <laughs> so, you're, you know, he's like, uh, see, I was just running through the thing and I left. Stop. Which one of you did it? No, no, it it wasn't me. What did you do? <laughs> Who told you? And this is exactly what God it's was like doing. Interrogation. In the yeah, this is what the Lord was doing in the garden. He says, "Hey, listen. Who told you you were naked? Why did you eat the fruit?" And I mean, we 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 all know the story, but the the point I'm I'm trying to get at is the way in which they saw their father changed. Yeah, and so like even with that, so what was lost? What was clearly lost from? From the beginning, when Adam was naming the creatures in the garden, cultivating it, and then he had a wife, and then, boom, he lost everything in the sense that he lost that 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 tight knit relationship that was with uh, God in the garden. So one of the things that was clearly lost was that dominion that he had, and unfortunately, the dominion was lost with respect to. Him having the authority, the full-fledged authority and right to give the names to the animals and work. The garden was his home. He could, he ran that jump. He, he was the sole caretaker of the garden. And then what happens? You sole proprietor. (laughs) What happens later after the fall or excuse me, after the Lord in approaches Adam and says, what happened? And then he, he lists out all the things that, that uh, as far as the curses, to both the woman or Eve, as well as to Adam, and told him, Adam, you're going to have to work this ground. So now the provision has been modified, if you will. You know, still all things come from the Lord, but there is now going to be a, a human effort, if you will, that is now uh, required. Because God is just, you know, there's. He'll he'll love and give grace and mercy, but there's you know there's uh, reactions and things that have to take place as repercussions for our actions, and so no, definitely because of that, we ushered in the age of work, you mm-hmm. know, and, and the age of 
getting wages by the sweat of your brow. And so all of these things are, are foreign to the culture of the kingdom. Right. But they are completely native to the culture that we know. Mm-hmm. And so that's why it's so important that we transition from these things into a different culture. And Jesus was clear mm-hmm. when he was being you know, tried before his crucifixion. And what does Pilate say to him? Hey, are you a king? Are you? He says, clearly, my king is not of this world, <laughs> because if it was, my people would be storming your gates. Yeah. You know, so he's he's making the declaration that. I come from another culture. Mm-hmm. I come from a different kingdom with a different set of rules, yep. a different culture. And we are citizens of that kingdom, though we are sojourners here in the earth, mm-hmm. as the Bible says. And so, you know, I, I, I think that it's important for us to understand that we grew up, were raised up in a particular cultural context. We have to acknowledge that. Mm-hmm. And I think something else that we have to acknowledge is that once we come into Christ, once we come into the kingdom, we're translated. We are not only translated in spirit, but that we are translated into a different culture. Mm-hmm. You know, now are there things that can come with us? Of course, but there are many, many things that we are going to have to leave at the door. You know, Christ the door. There are things mm-hmm. we got to leave there. Yeah, there's some stuff we got to leave at the door. Ultimately, you know, there's a there's a very fine barrier that will not prohibit or allow certain things in and. Primarily, you know, the things that will lead us into sin, that has to stay right at the door. Right. And then you'll start getting into the weeds of what's sin and what's not sin. And then that's where the Lord will illuminate things that, you know, hey, you can't listen to that music because that'll provoke X, Y, and Z and one, two, three, or whatever it may be, you know? Yeah, there's going to be different things for, you know, definitely for different people. But I think one of the things that we have to leave at the door is the way in which we see ourselves. Yep. You know, the the way that we saw ourselves before is a it's not the way God sees us. That's the most important thing. Um and I, I don't think that it's the way that in which he wants us to see ourselves. And so we have to start changing. So we want to encourage you if you're listening today that God sees you as his own. He sees you as his child, one in which he wants to redeem. And, you know, even for the ladies out there, you know, because I, I want to end with this because one of the, you know, one of the things that I that I do hear consistently from women when you mention this particular concept is, well, does God have daughters? You know, he's, we, he's and that scripture that Ragu read earlier in Galatians three, you know, I'd encourage you ladies to go back and read it. The, the word translated translates as child, which is genderless. Okay, because in Galatians 3, Paul says that there is neither male nor female. We are all one in Christ. And so this is not a, when when we're talking son, we're talking spirit, right? We are in Christ. We are in the capital S son. Mm -hmm. Okay, this is not a son like a male, like a young boy male. This is son as in spirit, capital S son. And there is neither male nor female. There's neither. So son spirit is neither. In my spirit, I'm genderless, okay? Mm-hmm. And so we are all in the son. And that is whom the Lord is desperately, you know, working to redeem, all right? That is who the Lord is working to translate. That is whom the Lord is working to raise up in the culture of the kingdom. And so I just wanted to make sure that we got that point yeah. out as well. Yeah, that is the the very pivotal launching point, if you will, and to understanding who you are. And so 
I think we can even segue that into, you know, as one first entering into the kingdom and maturing from baby to an adult, you know, in the same manner, you know, you you have to mature from baby to adult in your spirit. Because just as you naturally age, so too your spirit will age or mature and grow up as well. Exactly. So so next week we're, we're definitely going to um, talk more about that growing up. Um, talk more, you know, once you've changed the way you see yourself and come more in line with the way that the Lord sees you and you begin to embrace this thing that he's called you, which is his, his own, his child, his son. Okay, well, now where do we go from here? Mm-hmm. And there's some steps, there's some, you know, and it's going to be some differences for each person, but there are some, gener- you know, some similarities between everyone that there are just some things that everybody has to walk out. Yep. And so we, we, we hope to further that, you know, discussion next week. But, you know, p- ponder these things, ponder the, the way in which God sees you, you know, ponder the way in which you see yourself and see if the two line up, do those two things line up. Yeah. And if not, ask God to help you. Um, you know, see yourself through the eyes of his culture, help him change your paradigm. So we do thank you guys for listening yes. to us this week. Um, and we hope these things have blessed you. As we said earlier, please keep the questions and comments coming in the Facebook group. Um, and we do, uh, yeah. So look forward to seeing you next week. Yeah. Cause we have a big announcement. <laughs> All right. But until next time, this is Amadi and Ragu saying, thank you guys. Bye-bye. All right. Wrapped up in Cuba I live an institution Now that's some real talk Live right the execution Now that's some real walk Stay cool Cause outside my dude is real hot Got bodies outlined Out here in real chalk I left an institution Now that's some real talk Live right the execution Now that's some real walk Stay cool Cause outside my dude is real hot Got bodies outlined Out here in real chalk I left the institution Real talk Living right the execution Real walk and stay cool, stay cool, cause it's hot outside And get your body outlined and chalk I left the institution real talk Living right the execution real walk And stay cool, stay cool, cause it's hot outside And get your body outlined and chalk And stay cool, stay cool, cause it's hot outside and stay cool, stay cool, cause it's hot And stay cool, stay cool, cause it's hot outside And get your body outlined and chalk